0: Welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. This is an actual Powder Blue edition because today, the day we're recording this, which is Thursday, May 6th, is the first time all season the Phillies wear their Powder Blues, so really good day to chat. Phillies have won three in a row as of us recording this, although you, might, you probably won't hear this till after game four. It's a problem with podcasts, but Frank Close here along with Jeff Mosher and drum roll. We welcome Susie Hunter to the show. Susie, welcome.
1: Hey, guys. Thank you for having me in here.
0: It's nice to listen to somebody who's not Jeff Mosher. So we're very, very happy to have you along and uh, talk some baseball with you. So Susie's a a huge baseball fan. I know a lot of you probably already interact with her on Twitter talking baseball. And so we're very happy to have her with us today. And, And Jeff, we're happy to have you, too. Hey, man, I pushed to get Susie on here, so it's not about me, of course, right? Any 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 alternative voice to me on this pod is a good thing. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have a third voice, you know, because, you know, we, we can kick things back and forth. And then if I end up uh, being too hosty, <laughs> there's at least a couple of you to. Uh, that's not a word, uh, but at least there's a couple of you to kind of kick things back and forth. So so this no is a, a, a Philly season where there's there's been a lot to talk about. I. I there's a little bit, I, guess, I guess we can say there's been some ups and downs. We've seen some um, bad umpiring. We've seen some injury. This is this has not been a traditional season so far. Not that we expected it to be one because of COVID, but but Susie, what would you say so far about this Philly season? What's your overall reaction up to this point where the Phillies are in first place, one game over 500? Is this the season you expected to see?
1: I, <clears throat> excuse me. This is such a weird season to me, just especially because this whole NL East came in with like such high hopes and everyone's a disaster. So in general, this season, I cannot wrap my head around it. Um, And I can't decide if I'm upset about the Phillies or if I like should be a little excited. They are really throwing me through it right now.
0: And certainly the the injuries for everybody, right? So if you look up and down the, the National League East, each team has been affected by injuries in some sort of major way, right? So, of course, the Mets went into this without Syndergaard and, and now Jacob deGrom getting scratched with a with a sore lat. That's something of concern to the Mets. Uh, but the Braves losing their ace, Max Freed. So, Jeff, uh-huh. <laughs> this National League East, what, what, what do you make of it so far? The, the National League
2: East? Um... Well, I, it doesn't surprise me because I think going into the year, you knew every team had question marks, and clearly they're, they're all coming through. I feel like the Philly season is a uh... – it kind of reminds me of that meme of that woman drinking something from a can and she's not quite sure how to feel about it, so she makes a different facial expression. <laughs> and that's how every individual game seems so far, like because they're all one-run games. So you're like, oh, hey, good early lead. Oh, they're going to blow it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They're not going to blow it. Oh, here comes Coonrod. Oh, he does throw 99. Oh, he gets up a home run. All right, they finish it off. So that's how the season has been, where you think they're done, then they come back, you think they're doing well, then you realize they're just winning – one-run games because the other team falls on itself every once in a while. Um, that's how they started off 4-0, if you remember. I mean, there were a couple of games where the opponent kind of said, here, take the game. But that's the way it's been for everybody in the division. So, look, this team is either going to be the team that tries to find its way and then maybe clicks later in the summer, like you see, or kind of like the Gabe kapler teams that hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, and then late summer they just go, <laughs> So I'm I hope that's not the case.
0: <laughs> well let's talk about some of the, the positives and some of the negatives. So the top three starters, the Phillies for the most part seem to win their starts, right? So uh, I haven't updated those standings in a couple of days in my head, but but they were overwhelmingly positive whenever Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin starts. So so Jeff, if 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 you look at the non- I don't know. Top three games. Like, I got to know what else to call them. The the mm-hmm. Anderson Moore Velasquez kind of starts. They seem to have turned the corner just a little bit in these that, six innings out of Vince Velasquez. Now, that never used to happen, like in the first six years of the Vince Velasquez experiment. Right. <laughs> so uh, but but uh, Vince Velasquez, six innings, keeps yeah. the Phillies in the game. They win. Chase Anderson can't can't give you five last night, but the bullpen kind of ekes one out. Uh is that a big concern for you going forward? The four and five or the, t- as far as filling those spots
2: with four and five, answers, right? I mean, that seems to yeah, be what's I mean, kind of driving like, where this goes. It, it honestly feels like, because it's been so long now that the, the <laughs> that the Philly search for a four or five is kind of like the flyers perennial search for a goalie. It's just like, sometimes you think you got it and you know, it's been so long and every at the end of the year, you're always like, yeah, if this team just had a goalie and, that's how you felt about the Phillies. Of course, the bullpen last year was their Achilles' heel, but it didn't help that the bullpen had to go in a lot because, really, three, four, five for the Phillies last year wasn't settled. At least this year, one, two, three is settled. I mean, I'm fairly certain Zach Eflin can be really good some nights, not so great, but he's a good enough three for for this team right now. Um, but four and five continues to be a mystery. I can't even believe we're having Vince Velasquez discussions still. Like, <laughs> you know. Did he turn a corner because he could go six innings? I mean, it, I don't think so. You know, I, I, th- I think at the end of the day, you'd rather have better options at four and five. And maybe we have stumbled across Matt Moore as, as a, um, a bullpen guy. That might be a, a better role for him. It's pretty expensive guy to have as a seventh inning guy. But, hey, $3 million know, bucks. that's that. not that bad. No, I guess it's not. That's not. I just think, keep thinking of the money that's going to him. To, who's the other $5 million starter that I complained we
0: about? Yeah, $4 million to Velasquez, $5 million right. to Hector Neris, right. and then $4 oh, yeah, million to like, Chase Anderson. It's
2: like all of that money could have been a really good, you know, maybe fourth starter. I don't know. But um, as, as, as far as undetermined <laughs> bullpen guys. But yeah, they're, they're, so they're question marks.
0: And Jeff Stahl clearly wants to weigh in on that, but, but, but Suze, how about we, how about, by the way, I had to keep it consistent.
1: Uh, he just, he has a lot to say. Um, I think it's, it's so funny that we're talking about how much better this bullpen is this year. And our bullpen still is a 4.9 ERA that ranks 25th in all of major league baseball. So like, it's still not great, but it's just That's so improvement. Much
0: better. <laughs> well, remember last year we said if they were just bad and not completely I don't want to use any curse words, but just not. If they were just completely horrible, they still could have made the playoffs. So, so yeah, we're, so, we're really aiming high here. <laughs> so, so, but, but you make a really good point there with the bullpen. So they, they eked one out last night with, as we all expected, Matt Moore and Yel De Los Santos, seventh inning, eighth inning. And then of course, Jose Alvarado getting the save. Uh <laughs> Is this just one of those things where you get lucky some days, Susie, or is this just, might they be able to help this Phillies bullpen?
1: I mean, I think that we have been pretty lucky in this brewer series. I mean, they are the team that's going to wear out your bullpen every night. I'm like, okay, well, like this is it. How are we going to, you know, keep this up tomorrow? So I am impressed that we're keeping it up, that we're holding our own against the Brewers here. But, um, I mean, I think this is a good sign. I think the past couple of games have been a really good sign. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful.
0: And by the way, the Brewers, they, they're they're not without their bad luck, too. Right. So they're they're out with uh, Corbin Burns. Right. Our, did, I, did I say that right? I always think I'm going to say the actor. actually pronounce it. I actually pronounce it right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you did not make him Dorn. That's good. Yeah, there yeah, we go. You. Uh, but,
0: but, you know, they're 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 down their top starter. They just placed right. their MVP center fielder Christian Yelich on the, the I.L. So. Uh Phillies are catching them at a very vulnerable time. Even some of their le- their lesser starters. You know, they called what Zach Carter I think to to start, and and then he he goes down. So, so yeah, Phillies furious, are. Ca- though Bryce Harper is not in the
2: lineup for the Phillies. So I mean, uh, you know, you can very kinda, true. At also with the, out, of, out with, the, also, with the stars there.
0: Yeah, also out on Thursday. So uh, Thursday's game. So a uh, little concerning that this kind of lingers on. But uh, but hey, they they they're hanging in there so far. But you know, but hey, the Brewers by the way just beat the Dodgers for a series. So if, if Phillies are better than the Brewers. The Brewers are better than the Dodgers and the Phillies are better than the Dodgers, right?
2: No, nah, the transitive <laughs> property doesn't work that way. my friend. <laughs> okay. You know that.
0: <laughs> All right. I just, just, <laughs> just, just, just figured I would throw that out there. So but uh, but yeah, they're eating by with this bullpen. You know, the, hopefully the Phillies will get uh, Archie Bradley back soon. I mean, I really think that that really throws off everything, right? Well, you know, when, when you're missing somebody who was supposed to be that key to the back end of your bullpen. But but I got to I got to ask you, though. Um, David Hale. Right. Is he giving them anything at all? Like, what what do you do with with David Hale, Jeff? I just feel like if you look at, at the Phillies bullpen, like that's, that's the one guy that because they've been thin with injuries, they had to put him into bigger situations and he just doesn't have it.
2: No, he didn't have it last year. He doesn't have it this year. I think there was some kind of hope. We always hope this right. When like you bring in a guy who had success somewhere else, and then you bring in the manager who had six, helped that guy have the success. And, and we can even talk about that with Joe Girardi. He was known with the Yankees as a master strategist with the bullpen. And when you've watched him for a year and a month here, you think this is just Gabe Kapler in, you know, different clothing, you know, and, and a little less bodily consumed. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm – I don't think that Joe Girardi got dumb overnight. I think that what it shows was whether you loved Gabe Kapler or hated Gabe Kapler, he was dealing – he was working with the hand that he was dealt, right? It goes back to David Robertson getting hurt. goes back to Sir Anthony Dominguez getting hurt. It goes back to having to put the same people in the back end of the bullpen that just wouldn't get the job done day in and day out. Now, I'm not absolving him. I thought he was a bad communicator as a manager. But the bottom line is – Joe Girardi, as you're mentioning, is is working with the hand that he's dealt. There's been no Archie Bradley. He's had other people injured. He's had to move, mix and move guys around, and he has to rely on a guy in David Hale who just doesn't have it right now and hasn't had it since he's been a Philly.
0: One of Jeff's favorite Phillies is their closer Hector Neris, so – I, do you think he's been good enough? I mean, at least the Phillies have had somewhat consistency out of out of Hector Neris this year. Can can he be a closer that really allows the the Coonrod's of the world to to be able to set up for him?
1: I mean, he's been holding on great this week. He's been holding on great this season. So I mean, right? Now, I mean, I think I I don't want to misplace my hope, but I'm like, okay, I think like maybe maybe he could be doing this, you know.
2: It gives up that give him home run. I'll give him credit, Frank, because you know you didn't even give Susie the context. Your sarcasm <laughs> needs a little work. Like you, you left it as to doubt as whether he's really my favorite filly or not, Susie. I'm not a big Hector Neris fan. Oh, um, you know, yeah, I'm
1: not, I'm not keeping up with who your favorite fans are. So <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, um, what an interesting choice. Um, I'm going to try to be polite. And I
2: love closers with ERAs career in the career over three. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a Neris fan but i have to give him credit because i mean as we've seen the phillies have played an exorbitant number of one run games he's since the start of the year he has come in in some pretty significant save situations not just your typical up by three and you're facing the the seven eight nine of the order so i'll give him his credit look i mean he added the slider and i think that was a really big thing for him because my my old rant was if you're only going to throw a split finger fastball a pitch that's not supposed to be thrown for a strike no wonder why when you face those patient teams that lay off on it. You wind up walking guys and then giving up home runs when you can't locate, but he's been able to locate the slider. He's been able to mix that in and give himself a little bit more of a repertoire. I'm still not, I'm not like ready to proclaim a Mariano Rivera here, but um, I'm a little bit more comfortable, but you know, I he did blow. what? Didn't he blow a lead? About a week ago, Frank and I—I I gave up a home run in a
0: in a tie game. I think that was yeah, the, that's that, what it was. And he right. ended up taking the loss. Yeah, but right, but that's not fair because
2: everybody's gonna run into one every once in a while.
0: So I'm like, yeah, looking at his number, one and three with a one eight eight ERA. Uh, so yeah, he's got the he's, three I losses. Yeah,
2: it's not his but, fault though.
0: But but he really—I uh I, I guess a lot of credit goes to him where he eked out that forty pitch save the other night that went over two innings. Like uh, I, I watching that take place. It just seemed like the, the Phillies just, just had nothing else. So they basically said, Hector, you got to either win this or lose this for us. And you got to give him a little credit. He came out ahead.
2: Okay. So I give him a little credit.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, I've already said more yet. nice. I know he's not my favorite. I've already said more nice things about Hector Neris in the last five minutes than probably since we started doing this podcast. So this that's all you're going to get growth. From
1: me. personal growth. It is.
0: I'm getting <laughs> so, better. So one blown <laughs> save so far this year. So, right. uh, So, so that, that, that's good. That's, that's not bad. Right. So you, you can deal with that one blown save seven opportunities over the course of the season. That's even about what a Billy Wagner season used to be for the, you know, I actually, I actually checked it out once because I was like, well, what's, what's a Billy Wagner typical year. He, he would blow six or seven games a year. I mean, so that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, he's kind of having a, a good, good season for a closer. So, uh, so good, good, good news on that front. But, you know, certainly we got to talk about what, what's been going on with the offense and the revolving door. So um, so if you had May 4th on your uh, bingo card for the day, Roman Quinn would be injured, you win. Uh, so uh, this time, you know, this is this is this is a tough injury because it just seemed like it he did it to himself uh, trying to bunt not holding mm-hmm. the bat properly, especially when when you got a guy like Roman Quinn who, if he can just lay a bunt down, right, that's a double every single time, right? Is that fair to say that, that second base is almost a given? He's he, mm-hmm. he hasn't been thrown out at second base in, not this season, but I can't even remember seeing him get out, thrown out at second base ever. So uh, So he ends up holding the bat wrong, splitting his finger open, required stitches, and so now I have to play with Odu- Oduble Herrera every single day. So well, Susie, can, can the Phillies see here's the thing. I, I, I've been called a hater on Twitter because I'm not that particularly fond of the Oduble Herrera performance this year. Uh, but is there an excuse to have Oduble Herrera in the major leagues? Batting the way he is, fielding the way he is, Susie, what, what do you do?
1: Um, my God, is he going to like keep getting stuck in the
0: wall? That that was, that was, that was my favorite. I sit in the press box for that one. I just looked over to Tim Kelly at at Phillies nation. I just, I'm like, dude, is he stuck in the wall? Like, like, it just seemed to be like the epitome of their center field for this year, but yeah, it's a metaphor for everything going on right now. (laughs)
1: 2021 Phillies stuck in a wall. Yeah.
0: That reminded me, too, what was that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Either you watch that where um, they go to retrieve the cat in the wall and they get stuck in the wall. It was like a whole episode. <laughs> it, it was... It was, it was... That's the first thing that came to my mind, but, but well, I wonder line... if it was
2: going to happen again. Cause I just seen that. I don't know if you guys saw the, like the, the meme going on where the goat, the guy pulls a goat out of a crack in a wall and then the goat <laughs> runs right back into the next crack in the wall. Yes. Yes. And yes. it's kind of like supposed to be a <laughs> metaphor for no matter how hard you try, stupid people are going to do stupid things, you know? Right. <laughs> but,
0: but, but let's, 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 let's talk honestly, Susie. So, so Odubo Herrera, he had his other issues, right? And I think we're done talking about those cause he's back and he's going to play until. He shows he can't play or the Phillies have another option. I mean, is uh, is is Oduple Herrera given the Phillies anything? Now, He got a couple of hits to bring his batting average up to what's it now? One eleven. Uh, so he's got three Wait, is that hits leading
2: a- all center fielders for the Phillies at this point.
0: Adam Hastley was in the two hundreds at least before he left. Oh, the OK. Team, so you know, if the Philly, if, if Adam Hastley was around batting two twenty-two or whatever he was, they, they might be okay. But, mm-hmm. but Herrera three for 27. One of those hits was a bunt hit. The other was, uh, two, two week singles. Uh, does he have anything in the tank Susie?
1: I don't know. It kind of feels like he might not, maybe this is just a very slow start, but you know, with numbers like that, you really just have to wonder, like, is this really the best option we have? Is this it?
0: So the Phillies Phillies have actually, been toying with giving Nick Mayton an, an outfielder's glove and sending him out there. Now, uh, if you think yeah, back, I recommended that in the last podcast, I, yeah. I
2: said, I wonder if they, he could do that.
0: So if you if you think back, so Oduble Herrera himself was a middle infielder, right? Roman Quinn was a middle infielder. The Phillies used Freddie Galvis in center field at times. He was a middle infielder. Cesar Hernandez got his first shots in center field, second baseman. And I'm forgetting one more that ended up making that transition, but the the Phillies have a record of making middle infielders, center fielders. Oh, Scott Kingery. Duh. Why am I forgetting Scott Kingery? So is that a risk you're willing to take right now to get a better bat in the lineup? Because let's face it. I mean, some have been saying it's not fair to throw a kid out there who's never played professionally in the outfield, but, but is, is it worth the try? Jeff, what do you think?
2: Well, I mean, the only better bat that you mentioned out of that is Mayton, right? And um, did I pronounce it? It's Mayton, May- right? Mayton. Mayton. And um, he, he's the better bat because he's not batting 111. I mean, he's hes actually had a good bat. I want to say, I don't want to disparage him. I'm just saying he's kind of young, new, just came up to the position. So, sure, because he's got the hot hand. But can I guarantee he's going to be batting, you know, uh, this consistently, Three weeks from now, I can't. I mean, I I don't see why – like, why can the Yankees go and get Rognad Odor, like, really easily, and the Phillies just can't find a team with an adequate center field? Not a good one. Like, a fifth outfielder who can just temporarily play center field without having to give up the whole farm or anything like that. I mean, how many guys are you going to run in there and then tinker with their careers because they're middle infielders when – there are probably some solutions out there.
0: I have I have one solution. I'll bring up. I, I and, and and I think he's attainable because he's he's at a, a AAA right now. But uh, Delino De Shields Jr. Uh, he did not make the Rangers. Now I don't think he's going to wow you with the bat. Sure. But I feel like he's somebody that a team would try, especially the Phillies are down Matt Joyce now too. So the Phillies had to bring up Scott Kingery again. And uh, by the way, Scott King, i know take Delino de Senior at this point, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you'll take the uh, second baseman who was his father, right? Uh, yeah, but but, but no, but, a... but 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 the Delino de Shields Juniors kind of kind of has a decent track record. Ironically, he's the one that the Rangers picked up in the Rule Five Draft and exposed Oduble Herrera way back way back when. Mm-hmm. So they're they're kind of connected in that way. But uh, Delino de Shields Junior kind of a career 250 hitter last year hit 252 with the Indians. I feel like he might be worth worth a shot just bringing in. And I was I was um interested in Goodwin as well and he ended up uh who did he end up sign with the White Sox, right? Mm-hmm. Um but uh Brian Goodwin I always mix him up with his father. Uh excuse me, he's not his father. Um Who's the other good one? The we're Tom Goodwin. I'm to mix Goodwin. Up. Oh, Tom yeah, No, really. Yeah. He's no yeah. relation to Tom Goodwin. I was I'd always right. think Brian Goodwin was was Tom's son, but they're not related. But um, but, but there have been options. Maybe the White Sox uh, were a more attractive location for somebody like Goodwin when he was a, a free agent. But um, but 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 you're kind of stuck with what you have now, Susie. Let me ask you this. If, if Scott Kingery is going to be here, Kingery, by the way, didn't start the opener for the Iron Pigs because Gene Segura and Ronald Torres were up the middle. Uh, for the Iron Pigs, they're rehabbing, uh, but Kingery comes in and hits a walk-off triple, and it looked like his swing was just fine on that. So, Susie, would you would you give Scott Kingery a shot right now?
1: You know what? Let's say yes. I like Scott Kingery. I know he's not always, you know, he doesn't always have it, but I think I think looking at what we've got, I'm into it.
0: Because <laughs> because then let's face it. they So the problem is too. He he's on the team. Mickey Moniac's on the team probably at least one of them i guess it's i guess it's got to be i guess it's got to be kingery will probably would go back to triple a when terrace and uh segura reappear if 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 uh some two of them have to go actually so that that'd be uh, be really interesting to see what the phillies do personally i would cut a double herrera at that point and and let uh let the maton kingery uh <laughs> kind of patrol center field for a while. Uh, Mickey Moniac perhaps if he's still around, but, um, but, but if the, the, the idea was he's got to play, I mean, at, at this point, he's got to be better than Odubel Herrera. He's got to be better than Roman Quinn. Just worth a shot.
1: I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it.
0: I mean, internally, they don't really have many other options. You have to go all the way down to Travis Jankowski, who's with the iron pigs uh, does have a major league track record, but I don't know if, if you, go down to, to Jankowski that you have that many options beyond that. Right. So you're, you're kind of stretching yourself kind of thin and you're almost at the point where you have to go outside the organization. Now, let me ask you this though, uh, you're talking about who might be out there that you can kind of acquire and plug in uh, part of the problem is nobody's really trading right now. Right. You're not, you're not at the trade deadline yet. So, um, <laughs> how do you even get somebody from the outside at this time of year?
1: Well, I guess we can't. We're just working <laughs> with what we
0: got. I, I do have a question for you, because I know you're pretty yeah. knowledgeable in the Rockies, too, having covered mm-hmm. their farm team for several years. But um, so a, a couple people have mentioned the name Charlie Blackmon. Uh, Charlie Blackmon. A, yeah, he's like he's like 34 at this point. Right. So, uh, yeah, is, is he still somebody who could play center field at this point or would that be too much of a stretch?
1: I mean, uh, he hasn't exactly been great this season either. Like he's been fine, you know, a little slow of a start there too. I see him as, you know, in his decline right now. So would that be worth it? I am not totally sure. Um, And also he is just so part of Colorado. I don't think the Rockies, I mean, I, of course, like I don't think they could get rid of him without a revolt, but the revolts have already happened in that organization (laughs) (laughs) anyway. So Um, I don't know if that would, I don't know if that would be the best option for the Phillies either
0: Two, Yeah. Batting two Oh four with two home runs and 17 RBI. I mean, he's driving some runs in, I mean, I guess that's, that's, that's good there. He's, he's kind of productive with his, his runs he's driving in, but let me ask you this. There's not a lot of teams again, since, uh, for listeners who aren't aware, so Susie covered the, 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 Rockies farm team for several years. So she knows a lot about the Rockies accordingly, but is there somebody on the Rockies? And I ask this because they're, they're a team that's clearly in transition, right? They just either let go slash the GM, whatever happened over there. Uh, they have an interim GM right now. They're clearly looking to rebuild. Do they have anybody on that roster that would be an adequate center fielder that they might trade to the Phillies? Oh,
1: what a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of Tapia, Rymel Tapia. He's great. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me right now, unfortunately, but great energy. He would be so much fun.
0: Right Um, now batting 312, so four home runs, 19 RBI. He's doing pretty well. Now, is he somebody that would be part of their their future, or would would that be somebody they might be willing to trade at this point? I guess he's getting close to his free agent years. Didn't he win a game against the Phillies this year with a walk-off homer,
2: now that I think about it? I,
1: was that the uh? Was that the massacre? That
0: yeah, I think it was that game, wasn't it? I I don't remember that it was him to be honest with you, but uh, I think but, it was him. I thought he I thought he think he
2: hit a walk or he did he hit a game winning home run against the Phillies this year. Yeah,
1: I think he did. You're right.
0: Hey, if you can't, I'm you, still
2: scarred by it. If you I'm beat so him, sorry. Him.
0: <laughs> 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 but yeah, not a bad name. He's a left 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 handed bat, having a decent year and. Like I said, he's he's kind of approaching his free agency. I have to look at the particulars. I don't know how many. It, it was like, Neris. Know.
2: He hit it off Neris. Oh, I of can't believe. I this should be at the forefront. Oh, he, yeah.
1: he did your favorite player dirty <laughs> like that. I can't believe that.
2: He did. And and I, was, uh, I felt so vindicated. I mean, personally hurt uh, when it happened. <laughs> he's yeah, a good but- player, though. He's <laughs> rangy. He's fast. He's disruptive.
0: But uh, yeah, the reason why I'm bringing up the the Rockies, Jeff, is there's not a lot of teams really out of it, right? I mean, so if you're trying to if you're if you're trying to acquire a player from another organization, you don't mm. really have a lot of choices, right? I mean, so Right. Uh, right. Uh, but again, like again, the Yankees somehow
2: figured out a way to get Odor. All right? I know he got hurt, but you know, he was fulfilling a role. I like they're paying him a lot to... of money though, like
0: it was kind okay. of a big
2: <laughs> <laughs> like desperate times call for for action. And um you know, I feel like the uh, the Twins have a bunch of guys that they're always got. Because you know, Buxton's there, he's he's coming to his own. But don't they have a guy named Cave who, who starts every once in a while? See, I don't, I don't, I don't, 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 I don't think Kepler. the Twins are
0: out of it. Me personally, I, you know if you look at the standings right now, the twins are down there, but I really don't think that they're, they're the type of team ready to, to, to trade assets. Right. I mean, at least the rock, at least the Rockies, you know, you know, by the fact that they just sort of got a new GM and reset, basically are resetting everything that that they're probably going to be dealing like, but other than that, like you look around the league and a lot of the teams that are um, that are, were expected to, to really not be in the running they're They're kind of hanging in there. So like I, Mm-hmm. you can't start trading now. you will really upset your fans. Right. I mean, I mean, look at Seattle. They've, they've had some uh, good baseball this year and they were they They're usually expected to be in the, in the basement. Right. I mean, talk about the Yankees right there. The, that's the team in the basement. Right. I mean, they, they were, uh, yeah. um, you know, they were, they were obviously expected to be better and they still might be better. If you, you go along oh, actually they're already all the way up to second place. Right. So they spent a lot of the year in the basement. But, but my point is, you know, the only team, uh, the only team under 500 in the AL East are the Baltimore Orioles and they're only one game under. So, I mean, are they going to, I mean, they are the Orioles, but would they tell their fans right now? They give up. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, Minnesota, you know, they're, they're 11 and 18, but I I don't know. I feel like there's more talent there than, than, than that at this point. So they kind of hang in there. I mean, even like, what about Hampson?
2: If we're talking about the Rockies, would Hampson be available? I mean, he could play pretty much every outfield spot and pretty almost every infield
0: spot.
1: I like Garrett Hampson. He's a good kid. I know. He was, yeah, I know. that's He's why the he should play. be here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so really like the, when you're talking about teams, Rockies 12 and 19, they're the only one with the, the sub 500 uh, record in their division. Pittsburgh is only four games under 500 uh, and the reds one game under 500. So there's a lot, there's a lot of bunching up, you know, around the league right now. And, and there's no clear, team that's just ready to to, to dump anybody so that kind of that kind of hurts i mean if, but if the phillies can kind of hang on uh the way things are going right now then you might get to a, a point where there will be options right so mm. so so we'll have to see i got to wonder how long the uh, Odubel herrera uh experiment will last uh, uh again i i don't am I, seeing zero tools out of him and and uh he might be a tool uh, in some people's eyes but uh but I don't. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not seeing defense. He's not hitting a couple of weak singles and a blunt blunt uh, into the shift uh, or away from the shift. I suppose was, are his three hits so far. So that's a that's a uh, um, that's something that they're gonna have to do something about. All right. A few things more we want to we we want to talk about here. So there's been, by the way, Jose Alvarado. Right. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, his suspension. Uh, so he gets suspended basically for showing some emotion after a strikeout. and uh, because the bench is kind of emptied, <laughs> he gets suspended. Uh, well, f- I think that's the first thing we, we should talk about here when we talk about the, the recent uh, benches clearing and, and this movement towards uh, suspending people who don't throw a punch. But Jeff, what what did Jose Alvarado do that requires a suspension?
2: I don't know. I'm wondering if it, did the history with Tom Smith play a role into that? So they kind of saw him as an instigator and not someone just becoming like a prisoner of the moment because, and, and this goes back to like opening day or day two when um, Castellanos, you know, I guess ignited a, a, brawl, a bench clearing brawl because he scored a run and flexed. <laughs> that, that's all he did. Right? Like He stood over and he kind of flexed and that made the other team mad and I forget who it was, the Cubs or something. And then all next thing you know, the benches are clearing. And I'm like, he didn't actually do anything If, if under the rules that I thought that would be merit. Uh, I think he was suspended for seven games too and then they, they shortened it. But like you're not allowed to flex anymore. You know, the, Alvarado was very happy. He's got a history with Smith. He got the out. He was a little, you know talkative about it. I could see like a, a, a smaller suspect, maybe because I don't know what he said. Maybe they know what he said. Maybe, you know, he clearly said something that made Dom Smith turn around and want, want to get after him. So fine. But I, I have, I, I'm just surprised. I'm also surprised by the number of bench clear. It seems like we get two of these a week. Why is everybody so angry?
0: But here's what the happened? funny thing. <laughs> <back>. <laughs> but here's the funny thing. Even even when the Mets and Phillies were were uh, supposedly Brawling, even though nobody threw a punch at anybody. Yeah. Right. There, I mean, I, I was watching. I was looking in the outfield. There were, the, the two bullpens were just kind of standing there next to each other hanging out like they were watching yeah. and just chit chatting like like there was. There wasn't really that much animus or like so nobody was. Nobody was in danger of being hurt. Alvarado basically for yelling uh, gets this three game suspension. He negotiates it to two when he knew he was not going to be available the first night anyway. So kind of kind of wise of them to sort of stack it that way. But 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 how about uh, what what happened in in Cincinnati? Amir Garrett, did did you see that he he got he got uh, seven game suspension for yelling at Anthony Rizzo?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I don't get suspended in my own house for what we say to our kids because we get pretty mad up in here. And my Lord, if anything,
0: thing like <laughs> Javi Baez comes running out of the dugout screaming and and, and that's right. that's what that's what caused the benches not not Garrett yelling I mean, I mean w- are we so soft right now that that everything is uh
2: I suspension why worthy everybody's or
0: everybody
2: is so mad why is every baseball is back I thought it would be happy there's a few more fans back in what is up with all the animosity
1: Well now that ever now that people are paying attention now that people are in the stands again it's like everyone forgot how to act it's like oh like you 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 made a motion at me? Okay, everyone, let's get out here.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, they're the stars of the show again, I guess. I think, maybe I don't know, maybe it's the MMA is popular. Everybody wants to go out there and fight and show off their skills (laughs) or something like that. But uh, it just seems weird. Do you guys agree that there's been more benches clearing in the first month and a half of uh, of a season than you can remember in the past? I mean, it started on day two.
1: I'm sure this is not, you know, it's not what MLB wants. They don't want people congregating on a field in a pandemic. Like, that's like also more... You know? I,
0: that's actually a really good point. Is that's, that what's that driving actually, this? They don't want the yeah. interaction.
1: I think they just right. don't want people, you know, interacting like this right now. But I love a bench clearing. I especially loved, you know, that one over the weekend, though, just because like trash was like blown over the field and it's like, really some <laughs> meds, like you know, Doing yeah. their huddle I'm like oh this is like so appropriate. This is so Phillies Mets right now.
2: Definitely Phillies Mets. Right. But right. speaking
0: of that but but Susie isn't that isn't that what makes baseball fun that there's some energy mm-hmm. that there's the teams are passionate, of, you know, about winning that are that they want to defend their teammate like I feel like this is something that would actually get the fans excited again and, and they're, they're kind of like just popping the balloon.
1: Yeah, no, this is definitely not the direction we want to see baseball going in. We want to see benches clearing. We want to see passion. You know, is it a little ridiculous that Alvarado is like kind of flexing on the Mets? Like we're at that point both under 500. So it's like, okay, relax, guys. Okay, you didn't need to be flexing like that in the first place, but I get it. It's fun. It's a rivalry. There's history. Um, But I am all for it. I want to see it. And I don't like seeing guys getting suspended over it, especially because... No one even threw a punch, not even worth it,
2: but it Um, happened, but yeah, I'm for the energy of the game too. I honestly, this is going to sound like an incredibly biased statement and it is, and I don't care. Um, It's kind of a shame for baseball. This is nothing to do with fighting, but just like the idea of what Susie's talking about, like people seeing the energy and the excitement, it's a damn shame that um, guys like Otani Tatis and trout are all playing in the small markets on the West coast where the fans don't care and that's true as much as East Coast fans do. Because of these guys, what Otani is doing this year is just so unbelievably remarkable and rare and unique. And if he was on the Phillies, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, any of these East Coast teams, he'd be a damn star right now. He would be like the talk of sports right now. But he's playing out in, in Anaheim and he you know had his little couple injuries. So it's not like in the cycle the way it should be. But this dude is pitching – well and he's got nine home runs and there was they're starting to stop this right but he was actually hitting on the days he was pitching which was even more amazing and of course Tatis is just unbelievable to watch and that's why I'm not getting any sleep because I've been glued to MLB network at like 10 o'clock at night in the third inning of a of a Padres game (laughs) but I'm enjoying that whole Padres Dodgers series was great and unfortunately like Yeah. Yeah. We've got Bryce Harper here and Stanton and judge in New York and Dom Smith. I just, the true athletic stars of the game are out West right now. And I think it's taken away from, from the, the marketing of the game, which the game doesn't do a good job of in general.
0: Yeah. Those late starts really will do it. Well, hopefully we'll see some of them on the East coast soon. And, and you know, when the, when those so far you had one matchup of West East, uh, but it was just really the giants and Rockies, but Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll see you as the, as the teams. Uh, actually, by the way, you bring that up. Last year, everybody stayed in division. That that didn't help, right? So, uh, right. National League East versus wow. AL East. So, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the way it kind of worked out. Now, I think we need to talk about one more thing too. We have a um, um, an issue with umpires. It seems this year. Now, I maybe it's the baseball gods when when Alec Bohm clearly got got that that uh, run that he probably shouldn't have had. Uh, but uh, two things happened that I just could not believe my eyes. One, Milwaukee Brewers, Zach Carter, just uh, wanders over still on the grass to field a uh, little button hit cleanly, throws the runner out. He's called for interference uh, or blocking the base path, even though he was still on the grass. Then the opposite happens with Andrew McCutcheon. He's literally running in a straight line on the dirt from first base to second base. and He's called for interference. I have never seen anything that flagrantly Bad (laughs) to this point now. I've actually heard some maybe there's some maybe these are conspiracy theories that the umpires are kind of angry that they're losing so much control with replay and perhaps uh, strikes being called, uh, you know, electronically that they're they they're I don't taking, know if getting flexing worse their arms is going to help can. that. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if doing
2: an even worse job is going to help their cause. <laughs> we're mad that you're replacing us with robots. So we're going to be <laughs> terrible. So you can make that happen quicker.
0: <laughs> but what do you well, what is the reason for for these types of plays, and why can't they just get it right? I mean, the other umpires there there had to be other umpires on the field in both cases, especially with McCutcheon that they could say, no, 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 I think he was okay like but are they they afraid to like overrule their their um i guess umpire mates so I guess-
1: <laughs> like i said like I guess they're just standing in solidarity. he's like, oh, he made a bad call, okay, like we're doubling down all right,
2: yeah. It's not his bad call. It's all of our bad calls. Yeah. <laughs> now that is the surprising thing. Cause I do feel like back in the day, if some guy made a re- back in the day, I don't know. Is that like five years ago or when I was a kid, but um, when an ump made a really egregiously bad call, like the one on McCutcheon and they would huddle up and there would be a lot of, uh, and then they would like reverse the call. Like they, it seemed like they could swallow the pride there to get the call correctly when it was that obvious And I don't know how the McCutcheon thing happened. And they, they got the, I know it's not reviewable, but it doesn't have to be. They could have just decided as a team that they made the wrong call and and reversed it. And they didn't. And that's shocking. And also the home run that Hoskins, I thought hit to tie the game the other night, Mm -hmm. it hit off the top of the fence on the fence, right? That little metal part of the fence. That's what they believe. Isn't I thought that was a home run when it hits the top of that and then bounces into the, the stand. That's what so if it would come back, it would be a ground rule. Double. I
0: did look up the, I did look up the ground rules for citizens bank park. So if it hits that, if it hits the top of that fence and goes into the seats, it's a home run. If it bounces back in, it's not so that, that they, those are the ground rules there. Now the question for some is if you could conclusively tell that it actually hit that and not the seat, right? Because the way that it bounced back, I, I, I spent way too much time just looking at that in slow motion, and and you know, you know, thinking back to the Alec Bohm call for a second. Like, I, I get why he was called, uh, why the call stood. Right? They didn't mm-hmm. confirm the call, but it's supposed to be overwhelmingly conclusive if you're going to overturn something, right? So, I, 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 that's that's a worry of mine that if if uh, it's not conclusive, so then you have to be just be honest about that and just say it's not conclusive. I didn't think that it was that conclusive to overturn that, that Reese Hoskins ball called a home run. I don't know if you see that differently,
1: Susie. Um, I just, so that, that was the ESPN game on Sunday. Um, I also thought it was interesting that basically the same thing has happened to a rod and he like did not bring it up. Just like didn't bring it. I'm like, you're in the booth. You have a microphone. We can talk about this. (laughs) Uh, but we got nothing. And I think it would have been some interesting insight because I believe his was counted as a home run. Um, In the
2: World Series. I mean, like on the biggest stage, it would be like Bill Buckner not talking about some first baseman letting a ball go through his (laughs) his, uh, legs if he were doing broadcasting a big Sunday night game or something. I'll
0: I'll be very honest. I I tuned out the broadcast. I don't listen to them.
2: (laughs) I can't. I am I am anti. I am not an A-Rod fan at all. I don't understand how he got himself back in the good graces of the public. I felt like he was the biggest fraud of as a player, um, especially with the steroids thing and he comes off as so disingenuous to me, even in his broadcast and people think, Oh, they like his other shows that he does. I and mean, I guess he had that show on CNBC, CNBC, so relatable sometimes. and personable. And I'm like, what do people see here? Cause I just see a guy who's completely on a different planet. I think I, I, I just, I, I don't like him at all. And I've never liked him.
0: Well, if he's, if he, if he wants to try to buy another team, he's got to find a new partner. Cause he and JLo has split. So he's got, he's got to find somebody else with lots of money. To work with him, if what well, was he him. trying
2: to buy the Timberwolves now with with some other dude?
0: I did hear, yeah, I believe it's a Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. he's That'll moved
1: be... on from baseball, I guess. Oh well.
0: <laughs> well, it's just like the pecking order of
2: teams. Are like oh, I, sh- I couldn't get the Mets, so now I'm going to go to the Timberwolves. Like if he doesn't get the Timberwolves, does he go to like uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after that? I mean, I, they just won the Super Bowl. I guess I can't kill him, but they hadn't been good. But to- I'm just wondering, like the quality of team doesn't seem to be interesting to him.
1: I just haven't won anything. (laughs) I would have really liked the timeline of J-Lo and A-Rod buying the Mets and then breaking up. That would have have been been just like a really (laughs) hilarious storyline. And I want to live in that alternate universe.
0: Not to mention, just more Mets things would happen if he owned the team, right? You know, you know like like I, I've said in the past before. Like every time someone says the Mets are a threat, like I just say, well, the Mets are going to Mets, so you don't have to worry yeah, about that. I don't that, really right?
2: think the ownership matters, right? I mean, uh, apparently they've got this awesome uh, fictional approach coach now who's uh, helping them with their mental state. As they, I'm sure you guys have heard of this Donnie Diesel, right? He's their their mm-hmm. approach coach that nobody can confirm the existence of him. Now, I want to make fun of it. But like, you know, Brad Miller and a bamboo plant was pretty cool here in Philly for a while, and so like it's like you can't throw that stone when you were sitting here rooting rooting for a bamboo plant to help you win games a year ago, and now you're bashing another team for having an approach coach that doesn't really exist.
0: No, I believe I. Hey, I believe in the human side of the game, right? So if somebody's having a bad day, or their their kid is sick. I can see them worrying about it. Like if I go to you know my child's sick and I go to work and. I'm teaching a class. I could have a uh, bad class. <laughs> right? I'm not going to be I'm, I'm not going to be uh, at my top performance if that happens. So I, so I get it. That That's, uh, you know, people have uh, real feelings and real lives that that they just can't put aside when the game starts. Right. So, yeah, so that, sure. that's def, that's definitely true. But uh, but listen, we, we're. We're gonna to have to wrap this up otherwise we're gonna miss this one o'clock Philly start so uh, and hopefully I can mix this and, and get it uh get it live uh quickly so, so that people have something to listen to after the Phillies game today so uh Susie it was great to have you so uh come back next time
1: yeah oh my gosh guys thank you so much for having me this was a blast
0: yeah, it was awesome. You Ever? even
1: let me talk about the Rockies, which is like so generous of you.
0: Well, <laughs> Hey, the Rockies uh, are relevant, right? They're the team that could trade the Phillies something, right? So they're, they're, they're the one. That's
1: the, that's the, the, the first one... time someone called the Rockies relevant this season. Well, they are They're they, about they, to that's...
2: become like the Montreal Expos for the rest of the, uh, the, the major leagues. Just everybody's like the, using it as their farm system.
0: <laughs> well, it's the only rebuilding team right now. At least we think, uh, so, uh, so, so it'd be good to have a good to have a Rocky's insider from your previous life. Right. So uh, that'd be very, very helpful to us. So I got you guys. Well, thank you all for listening for Frank close, Susie Hunter, Jeff Mosher. This has been the powder blue podcast. We will catch you next time.